0: cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with D-Crom. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever or whenever you cats and kittens are. This is Sports Crunch with D-Crom. I'm your host, David Cromelow. Well, the 2021 NFL regular season is turning the corner into its final stretch as we are down to its last five weeks And although we're starting to see some clarity in the playoff picture, this is still shaping up to be perhaps the most wild finish to an NFL season in modern memory. Isn't it, Hal Betts? It certainly
1: is, David. Uh, I mean, you look at the standings right now. We've got 13 teams in the AFC with six wins, a dozen in the NFC with five wins, uh, 25 teams still in the playoff race right now. This is crazy.
0: It most certainly is, and I can't wait for what portends to be a wild finish, as I said. And uh, not only that, it should be an excellent playoffs and Super Bowl and a wild offseason with some big-name quarterbacks on the move. We will get to that later on and in the weeks ahead. But first, let's talk about our main takeaways from Week 13. What were yours, Hal?
1: Well, I mean, first off, let's take a second. uh, Pat yourself on the back, David. You picked Detroit over Minnesota and talked me into taking Detroit as well. So big pat on the back right there to start the show off. Um, Second all, you know, our our marquee matchup, oh, my God, I don't think I've screamed at a television more to throw the ball regardless of the weather in my life. I I can't go through another game like that New England Buffalo wind bowl up there uh, in the fair state of northern New York. Uh, I mean, my goodness, what a crazy end to an uh, interesting week that was.
0: Yeah, at Buffalo, it's not Northern New York, it's Western New North York. Northwest. yes, yes. It's Western North. New York.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: And uh, my main takeaways from Week 13, obviously, the Lions not just winning their first game of 2021, it was absolutely a poetic way for them to win. Going up against the division rival Vikings, a team who they barely, and I mean barely lost to, early in the season if it wasn't for like a brilliant half minute drive from Kirk Cousins setting up a game-winning field goal they would have won that game in Minnesota but they went with a touchdown at the gun talk about poetic justice so to speak and the fact that they dedicated that win and the game ball to that win to the families from Oxford High School the school that just underwent that uh, tragedy in Michigan just an absolutely fitting way for the Lions to win and not just for themselves, but for their whole community as well. Very, very, very good story there. And the Chargers, man, they finally, after we've been pleading for them on the show, you finally turned Justin Herbert loose like you should have weeks ago. Check a look at these numbers, uh, courtesy of Benjamin Solak from The Ringer. In weeks run through 12, on first and second down, the average depth of target for a Justin Herbert pass, just 6.2 yards. But last week, in that same metric, 10.2 yards. Oh, my goodness. Where was this Joe Lombardi? You you seem to have finally learned just how special Judge Herbert is. Attack every blade of grass with him. Don't limit him to a limited round tree on early downs. Turn him loose. What were you waiting for?
1: Yeah, and and, you know, you, you can't discredit, there's nothing to say that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't capable of running deeper routes and attacking down the field. Just because they're so good near the line of scrimmage doesn't mean that they have to stay near the line of scrimmage.
0: You said it, Hal, and now it's time for our favorite game, Truth or Exaggeration. You know how this game works. I make a statement, and you determine whether I'm telling the truth or whether I'm exaggerating, and you explain why. And we start in Tampa, where the Bucs must release Antonio Brown when his suspension ends after week 15. Truth or exaggeration?
1: Oh, that's 100% truth. 100% truth. He put Bruce Arians' life at risk. Let's face it. You don't do that to your coach. That is the most disrespectful behavior, forging a vaccination card. He should be gone ASAP as soon as they can release him. Get him out of there. Get him out of the league. Oh, just, just stay away. He's toxic.
0: He absolutely is. And Not only did he endanger the life of Bruce Arians, he committed a federal crime, arguably, yes. by forging that vaccination card. He is looking at years in jail because of this.
1: Hopefully. Hopefully it's the only way to keep him out of the NFL is if he's in jail and he just keeps blowing teams up everywhere he goes, but they keep giving him second chances.
0: Indeed. And we go to Dallas where Micah Parsons has already entered the conversation to be considered the best defensive player in football right now. Not the best defensive rookie in football, the best defensive player in football right now. Truth or exaggeration?
1: I think that's a truth. You know, I mean, Dallas is getting some, um, you know, some of that defense coming back healthy, which is going to allow him to do more things than just rush the passer. Um, So definitely he has made such an impact this year. We've talked about it. I feel like it's almost every week there's some new Micah Parsons uh, play that he made, game that he had. I mean, oh. You just look at the numbers, the quarterback hits, the sacks. I mean, he's just not supposed to do that as a rookie, let alone playing out of position half the season. And now, like I said, you know, we're getting Demarcus Lawrence back and up to speed. You're going to be able to see Parsons do more for that defense.
0: Oh, absolutely. And Doug Farrar of USA Today Touched On Wire wrote an article why he believes Parsons is the most impactful defender in the entire NFL right now. Check that out, folks. And now on to Baltimore, where the season ending torn pectoral injury to Marlon Humphrey will end up being the straw that broke the camel's back for the 2021 Baltimore Ravens. Truth or exaggeration?
1: I'm gonna go exaggeration on this one just because I think there's been 14 straws already. And they're still going. I I don't know how they do that. Credit the coordinators, Greg Roman, Wink Martindale. Credit the head coach, John Harbaugh. He is an amazing head coach that has gotten these players ready to play week in, week out. No excuses, regardless of the injuries. And that injury list is huge. They're still going strong. I'm not betting against Baltimore.
0: That is a fair point, given the makeup of the Baltimore Ravens uh, mentally and culturally. We cannot count them out until they are actually out. And don't look now. After starting 1-7, and the Miami Dolphins have reeled off five consecutive wins, and Tua Tungavoyloa is playing the best football of his young career so far. So truth or exaggeration, Tua Tungavoyloa will force the Dolphins to abandon their pursuit of Deshaun Watson even if Deshaun Watson gets legally cleared, truth or exaggeration?
1: Oh, it's still going to be an exaggeration. Two is playing great. I, You know, I give him credit. He's doing well. They're shaping that offense to his strengths, but, but Deshaun Watson is just another level, and Miami, if they have the opportunity to get that kind of quarterback, you cannot let anyone, stand in your way you can't sit there and be like Carolina this year and say oh we got Sam Darnold so we're okay so let's stop pursuing anyone nope Miami gotta be aggressive at the quarterback position regardless of how well Tua is playing
0: I definitely agree Deshaun Watson is a proven star quarterback in the NFL and if he gets legally cleared the Dolphins should immediately Uh, trade for him that heck Tua would be perfect trade bait for him send him over to Houston and have uh, Nick Casario build around him that would be a very good trade-off for the Texans indeed because the Dolphins have some very talented pieces on their roster already and uh, getting Deshaun Watson could make them into a Super Bowl contender lickety split
1: oh just think of that you know you have New England Buffalo and Miami with a, a star quarterback now Oh, the AFC East is going to be so much fun if that happens.
0: Yes, and we will get to another division that could look like that next year in just a little bit. But we go with quarterback situations from Miami to Philly, where Gardner Minshew should be the starting quarterback for the Eagles going forward. Truth or exaggeration?
1: Oh, exaggeration, exaggeration. Look, we love Gardner Minshew. He's great for the game. It's a wonderful story. Nobody was happier to see him succeed than I was. But let's face it, by every metric that there is out there, the Jets' defense, especially that pass defense, is dreadful absolutely dreadful and expecting Minshu to put up that kind of performance against Washington or Dallas down the stretch just isn't going to happen. Uh, they've got to go back to Jalen hurts. That's where they were rolling with him healthy. so once he's ready to go it's all hurts and Philly.
0: And now on to Denver where Javante Williams should get far more carries than Melvin Gordon for the Broncos in the season's final five weeks. Truth or exaggeration?
1: Oh, that's 100% truth right there, David. Um, Broncos, I hate to say it, but it's time to start uh, planning for 2023. They're on the cusp of the playoffs, yes. But unless we're picking a huge, huge upset uh, for the Broncos anytime soon, I don't see that happening um, down the stretch. I don't see this team making a push and getting that last playoff spot. And I know, David, that you want them to be maximizing their draft potential and turning over the head coach. So we're rooting for the losses here in Denver now.
0: <laughs> uh, you you said it there, uh, Hal. And last but not least, the Buffalo Bills' chances of making the playoffs are in danger. Truth or exaggeration?
1: Uh, I mean, logically, yes, it's truth. Realistically, uh, it's a little bit of an exaggeration. Yes, they've got to go to New England. Yes, they're going to Tampa this week. But the rest of that schedule, Carolina, the Jets, the Falcons, that's three easy wins add that up 10 wins is enough to make the playoffs
0: oh you said it Hal as long as the Bills uh win those three borderline gimme so to speak plus uh, take another one or two games uh, down the stretch they should easily get into the playoffs at the very least as a wild card should they not be able to catch the red hot your red hot new England Patriots and Let's talk about some interesting news that broke across the wire today, and this is coming from Jordan Schultz, who said that there are three teams that Russell Wilson would be willing to waive his no trade clause for the New York Giants, the New Orleans Saints, and yes, the Denver Broncos Adam Schefter said that the Eagles are also on that list as well so we'll put the Eagles on that list as well. And uh, let's just uh, take a look at these four teams and where they stand right now. The New Orleans Saints, I think, would be the most logical destination for Russell Wilson because they have the best offensive line of those four teams right now and a proven coach and culture builder in Sean Payton. But the Saints are still negative 60 in the red to start uh, next season. And although they can do it and create the camp space needed to absorb Russell Wilson's $24 million cap hit, who else are they going to sign to build around him? It is going to be very, very tough for them to pull that off. And you got the New York giants, the, the, the federal cap is they have two, uh, first round picks this year, but their roster isn't necessarily the strongest and uh new coach, new GM Russ is probably going to ha- have to have a say in uh, that through a back channel or something, but they don't necessarily have the, the other players that might be needed to complete a trade. The Eagles, they have three first-round picks, but if Jalen Hurts continues to play well down the stretch and they make the playoffs, the Eagles might not be willing to part with any of those picks, and they only have $14 million in salary cap space. And the Denver Broncos, they might not have the draft capital that the Giants or the uh, Eagles have, but they got $48 million in cap space. Uh, to start 2024, and that factors in the recent extensions for Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. And they got other weapons like Jerry Judy and Javante Williams, uh, Noah Fat, and they got some talented players still on rookie deals that they could trade away uh, t- uh, to the Seahawks in a potential deal. So I would say that even though I do not think my Broncos are necessarily the best destination for Russell Wilson, uh, looking at it from a completely independent point of view, I would say that they are very serious players in this market.
1: Oh, I agree completely. Uh, Denver, uh, like you outlined, they have the young offensive talent there that just needs a quarterback to step in. Uh, Heck, you've seen the blueprint in the past with Peyton Manning. Uh, Denver was a great fit there. Good shoes to follow in in that situation. um, You know, Denver, great fan base. Great place to live, great place to play. Certainly an advantage there for Russell Wilson. Uh, Remember, he is not just an NFL quarterback, but also a celebrity. And that means his wife will be around with him as well. So certainly the Giants' bright lights of New York, uh, definitely something that stands out there. But uh, Denver is a great situation. Sean Payton, the money, like you said, is just maybe too overwhelming there. And the Eagles, that's a tough one, but if you look at the Jalen Hurts situation and say, well, now they have draft capital to trade, they have capital to trade back in Hurts, who may be interesting to Seattle, maybe that works in a trade for Russell Wilson. Maybe that gives the Eagles a little bit of a boost there, uh, having Hurts, who's certainly pumped up his value this year.
0: Oh, it definitely does, and I definitely see no clear favorite uh, frontrunner amongst those four teams right now, but I will say this. Benjamin Albright of 850 KOA Radio in Denver, esteemed NFL insider. Please follow him at Albright NFL on Twitter if you're not doing so right now. He has been reporting this since September, and what he's heard from people close to Russell Wilson, uh, he, he has heard that um, the two – most preferred destinations at the moment keywords at the moment for Russ are either the Broncos or the saints.
1: And it makes sense. You know, it's certainly, you know, the most sense of Denver being the most ready to slot a quarterback in and the saints having Sean Payton makes that such a big draw regardless of however they work out the cap money and, and that situation. But have I mean, that just makes logical sense. Young talent in Denver and Sean Payton in New Orleans. Those are two great calling cards for those franchises to attract Russell Wilson.
0: Yes. It's going to be very fascinating to see how this all unfolds. And uh, based on uh, what we've been hearing the past couple of months and what we heard today, we could be headed for a resolution to this Russell Wilson sweepstakes on the even free agency. It's going to be a wild ride. So buckle up folks, and we'll have it covered for you all the time here on sports crunch. And now let's go on to another game called this or that. And in this game, I present a dilemma with two possible options and you, Hal, you make a decision and you explain why you made that particular choice, which team's offensive struggles. Are you more alarmed by the chiefs or the Cowboys?
1: I'm going to say, Dallas, Dallas, certainly some of it is injury related. However, I'm looking at, you know, Kansas City. I just have faith that Andy Reid is going to find a way to figure this offense out and get it back on track. He's just had such a successful track record for so, so long. I think it's just a matter of time. He gets this team, this offense turned around, straightened out on track. And heaven forbid, if it's January, because there could be a lot of teams getting mowed over by a hot Kansas City offense if this defense keeps playing well.
0: Oh, absolutely. I could easily see the Chiefs uh, giving Clyde Edwards a layer more Carries that he running behind Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, the Joe Tooney. Oh my God, that's going to be a nightmare for teams in December should the Chiefs get that right. And moving right along, last week on the show, I said a possibility everybody has to be ready for is a Brady versus Belichick matchup in Super Bowl 56. That said, which team is more likely to make it to Super Bowl 56? Brady's Bucks or Bill Belichick? Matt Jones and these AFC leading New England Patriots.
1: Oh, I'm still going to go with Tampa Bay. They just have too much talent on both sides of the ball right now. Uh, Belichick, you know, as usual, uh, like he did with a young Tom Brady, he's doing with Mac Jones and, you know, with running game defense, special teams, mirrors, trick plays, uh, you know, (laughs) whatever it takes. But it's hard to get through the playoffs that way. And this year as well, with just one bye week, you know, that 2001 Patriots team, don't forget, they they were that second seed that got that bye. That was a big part of their success, being able to go forward in the playoffs. Tampa Bay, they showed last year, they don't care where they play, when they play, who they play. If they're clicking come playoff time, and it looks like they're on track to get healthy and be ready to go, expect them to make a run. Remember last year at this time, Tampa was only 7-5, and and they just ran the table through the playoffs. I could very easily see them doing that again.
0: Oh, you said it, Hal. Uh, With Tom Brady on your team, no matter where you are in the playoff CD, you just cannot count Tom Brady out, period. And yes, I'm very optimistic about The core Belichick has put in place in New England for the long run, but uh, it might be a little too rich to expect a Super Bowl appearance from them this season compared to Brady and the Bucs. And now on to college football and the 2023 NFL draft landscape. If the 2023 NFL draft were this coming spring, the first two picks would arguably be two of the four Heisman finalists, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young and Ohio State quarterback CJ Stroud. But who should win the 2021 Heisman Trophy? Bryce Young or CJ Stroud?
1: Oh, that's a toss-up right now. <laughs> I mean, they they've just both been fantastic. You know, I think Bryce Young, there's always that high that that bias of what have you done for me lately in that last game? I think he may have. Uh, beating Georgia just knows himself uh, just a nausea ahead in the in the race here. So uh, I'll, I'll go with Bryce Young in this case, but it's close.
0: <laughs> oh, it absolutely is close. I remember Ohio State's opening game of the year against Minnesota. CJ Stroud looked like a deer in the headlights, so to speak. And he has just matured so, so, so well as a passer. His decision-making, his reads, his accuracy, his ball placement. I'm not saying he's as good as Justin Fields is as a prospect, but he's closer than most anybody expected him to be. And uh, we shouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft either. It's going to be a close race between those two till the very, very, very end And it's going to be close for the Heisman as well. But I agree. Bryce Young, uh, definitely, uh, he definitely had more of the hype going in. That should probably help his cause. So Bryce Young, definitely, but it's close. And last but not least for this or that this week, who will be a more successful NFL head coach? Matt Rule or Dan Campbell?
1: You know, uh, is Dan Campbell the one to pull the Lions out and lead them to the promised land of at least making the playoffs i don't know oh i mean matt rules already got a uh a very very good defense going for him uh he's got joe brady out of the way so maybe that offense can turn around (laughs) well i don't know that's a tough one david i'm going with a coin flip on this one i'm going to stay with matt rule i think he's got um Yeah, I I still love Matt Rule, even though the Joe Brady thing didn't work out. And, you know, there's a reason everybody was, we were excited. He he got this job in Carolina after what he did in Temple and Baylor. So I'm going to stick with Rule for now, give him a little more leash and say, yeah, he should end up the better head coach.
0: And the sample size on Dan Campbell is promising as it has looked, despite the Lions record is still too small. So I will go with rule by a hair here as well. And our game of the week, a Monday night showdown in the NFC West as Los Angeles Rams travel to the desert, looking for revenge against the Cardinals who absolutely kicked the Rams, butt in their own building in week four. And this is a very fascinating stat. I, came across and try to analyze this game. According to Aaron shots of football outsiders, the Cardinals currently lead the NFL with 22 offensive fumbles yet. How many have they lost? Do you know how many they've lost Hal?
1: I would say it has to be much less than half of those.
0: Two. Oh, and they've only lost two of those fumbles, but that said, this is something that at least to me, it's definitely not sustainable. Do you no. think that's sustainable? Hal? No
1: not even close to sustainable that's like um you know makes my head hurt trying to think of the math of how that's even possible right now so yeah that's ooh, ooh, that's scary telling me that kind of stuff david thinking yes. about that can change things in a hurry for that team Oof.
0: yeah definitely a stat for the carlson has me alarmed at their potential super bowl prospects and do you see this as a game where the Cardinals luck in recovering their own fumbles could easily run out for good.
1: Oh, I mean, it's possible. I mean, you're going up against a uh, Rams defense that, you know, definitely has players that can sniff out the ball and take it away. And, you know, once that luck turns, we've seen it before in the NFL, you know, uh, non-sustainable luck can turn in a snap and all of a sudden things are downhill in a hurry and it's hard to pull out of that so definitely could be this game against the Rams that could this could be a a big turn for both teams fortunes this season
0: oh it most certainly can Alan speaking of Von Miller Aaron Donald and that Rams defense who needs to have the bigger game for the Rams to eke out that revenge win in the desert is it that defense or is it Matthew Stafford
1: oh I I think it's Stafford I The defense is going to show up no matter what. Um, You know, Jalen Ramsey, that secondary's been improving lately. We're seeing that, you know, a lot of young players there taking steps forward. I think the defense is going to be fine. I need to see Matthew Stafford get back to the Matthew Stafford he was at the beginning of the season. And we talked last week about, you know, the Jacksonville game being a get right game for Los Angeles. And what they did running the football with Sony Michelle, that's how you get that offense right. Get back on the plus 100 yard rushing, uh, like how that offense operates so well, reincorporate the play action. Matt Stafford has to be able to be willing to hand the ball off and let the offensive line block and get that running game going so important we need to get Stafford straightened out and the running game is only going to help him
0: you said it and let's talk about the key matchups to this game but speaking of that Rams running game they're going to need that running game to show up because as good as a right tackle Rob Havenstein is he's much more of a road in the run game than an elite pass protector and they're obviously going to line up Chandler Jones against him and uh, whoever else uh, they decide to help chip him and stuff like that. But if the Rams' running game can't get going, Chandler Jones could potentially feast.
1: Exactly, and and they need to be able to run right at him, so that he isn't you know uh, pinning his ear back ears back. They've got to have third and short situations, which means short passing and the run and the running game as well. So incorporate the running game, incorporate the screen game. To Chandler Jones's side as well to slow him down, um, make sure that he isn't going full speed at the quarterback, and if he is, make them pay for that. Uh, that that's going to be a big part of that Rams offense.
0: Yeah, and let's uh, flip side, so to speak, in the trenches. Uh, the Cardinals uh, have a very underrated center that they acquired via trade uh, last spring, named Rodney Hudson, and he's going to have his hands full going up against still arguably the best defensive player in football near a
1: yeah i mean donald we're, we've been waiting for it. Von miller's out there leonard floyd they've got that edge rush going so that's supposed to be filling up uh filling taking away blockers so we can get aaron donald a few more one-on-one so if he can get that against hudson i mean hudson let's face it very very good center that they got from vegas but You know, that's Aaron Donald we're talking about there. So (laughs) that's just, you know, that's just a whole different ball game there than your other 16 games.
0: Oh, you said it, brother. And uh, what other matchups do you have your eyes on for Monday night?
1: Well, I, the other thing that this Rams defense has to do as well is you've got to watch Kyler Murray now that he's healthy again and getting outside of the pocket and changing plays with his legs. And how they do that is gonna be up to them. It's either going to be a lot of zone coverage, so your defenders are facing him to stop the running game, or you're gonna have to find somebody, um, maybe an Ernest Jones, who can try to keep up with him and spy on him and try to take that running game away from that Arizona offense, because they can make a lot of trouble with the, his legs when kyler murray gets outside that pocket or down the field
0: indeed and since kyler murray is so electric with his legs uh vaughn miller this isn't the type of game uh, Von likes to play because uh after the broncos uh, played the ravens uh this past year he said oh i'm so relieved that we go to, from a quarterback like lamar jackson to one like ben roethlisberger i could play my normal game against roethlisberger against a quarterback like lamar i can't i got a mush rush well Von you're going to have to mush rush Kyler Murray almost certainly. So uh, your impact in this game is going to be far more in containing Kyler Murray and keeping him in the pocket, even more so than getting him on the ground.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't just pick your spot seven yards down the field and, uh, you know, get that great bend and get around that offensive lineman and expect to see Kyler Kyler Murray just standing there patting the ball like Ben Roethlisberger You've got it. Like you said, that's just not going to work. And that could be a very frustrating day for that Rams pass rush.
0: Yes, but you're going to have to suck it up and just keep them contained in the pocket, because that is how you control this Cardinals offense. And who do you have winning on Monday night?
1: Oof. It's going to be a close one. I'll tell you that much, David. at both teams, Arizona can pretty much salt away the division if they win. The Rams still in the division race. If they can pull it out, you know, it's going to, I'll tell you, I went back and forth about four times on this one, but I'm going to go with Arizona. I think Kyler Murray healthy is going to be just enough to, to move the needle. Arizona 30 Rams 27.
0: I am not simpatico with you here, my friend. I personally think that the Cardinals, I'm not saying they've been lucky this year. They've been far more good than lucky, but that one stat alone, 22 offensive fumbles, yet only losing two, that streak of good luck has to end very, very soon, if not now. And having Von Miller and Aaron Donald, two guys who know how to sniff out the ball and strip away the ball when you need it, those are two of the guys to And that good luck for the Cardinals. And that will be the difference in a very close game. I like the Rams, 27-24 to over the Cardinals. And now let's pick all the rest of these Week 14 NFL matchups starting tonight in Minnesota where the Vikings reeling after that heartbreaking last-second loss to the Detroit Lions host. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a very hard-fought division win over the Baltimore Ravens. And... The Vikings, uh, they're not going to have Adam Thielen, and I do not see how Dalvin Cook can play tomorrow night. I just don't. Even if he does play, he's going to be so, 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 so less than full strength. I just can't see Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson airlifting this offense against a Steelers defense with MVP candidate T.J. Watt leading the charge, and they don't have Christian Dariusaw for the scapegoat out loud. So they're going to start like their swing tackle R- Rashad Hill. I think is their swing tackle at left tackle. That is not going to be pleasant one bit. T.J. Watt is going to feast all night long, and that is going to be the difference. I like the Steelers.
1: I like the Steelers as well, David. I just oh, I I don't know that I can trust Minnesota again. I'm not sure that that team is going to come out and be ready to play on a short week after that devastating loss. And how much faith do they have in their head coach, Mike Zimmer right now? I think it's not very much. I've got Pittsburgh in a low scoring game tonight, 17 to 13.
0: Yes. And Benjamin Solak of the ringer wrote a great column uh, on Wednesday Saying that the Vikings might have to consider blowing it all up because they've admired mediocrity for so long and they're not going to get to that next level with uh, Kirk Cousins or Mike Zimmer.
1: Very likely that that's true. That's a great point uh, by Mr. Solak for sure. That's a long time coming for Minnesota if that's the case.
0: Indeed, but it might be the more prudent move, so to speak. And an AFC North divisional. Bloodbath awaits on Sunday with the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Cleveland to take on the new Cleveland Browns. Old Browns versus new Browns, as I like to say. But when I say bloodbath, I don't mean domination by one side or the other. I mean close, hard-fought, each team taking its equal fair share of blows to the metaphorical head, so to speak. I am going to go with the Browns, though, because, yes, Baker Mayfield, the isn't a long-term answer, a quarterback for Cleveland, but just look at how this Ravens offense is played right now. Their injuries on the offensive line have caught up to them, and Lamar Jackson has unfortunately regressed from all the promising progress he's made uh, earlier in the year, or he appeared to make earlier in the year, and now you got to go up against Miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney, the Malik's, Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell, and they're coming off a bye? Oh my goodness, that is just not a good recipe for a Ravens team that got manhandled by the Steelers' front. The Browns' front's going to do the same with them. That. That'll be the difference of this game. I like the Browns.
1: Oh, no simpatico alert on this one. Uh, much as I agree with everything that you just said, David, I'm still looking at Baker Mayfield and saying, does he have enough to do it? And can John Harbaugh pull out another win somehow with that? devastated secondary that he has and lack of running backs I, i'm just gonna go with my gut and say i think he finds a way buries the browns postseason chances and i've got baltimore 20 cleveland 16 the
0: tennessee titans dropping uh two straight games to the to the titans and the patriots respectively uh, but they have a get-right opportunity coming off a buy of their own against the Jacksonville Jaguars who don't appear to show up week in and week out. Oh, my goodness, they have to fire Urban Meyer. It, it, it's clear that the players aren't interested in his message at all, is it?
1: No, I mean, Urban Meyer has already lost that locker room. I, I know Jacksonville does not want to go through another coaching change yet again but there's just there's just no way you can bring Meyer back after this debacle of a season here. You're putting the generational quarterback at risk the longer that you leave Urban Meyer in charge. As far as I'm concerned, he must go.
0: Yes, and do you see the Jaguars pulling off an upset against a Tennessee Titans team who might only have Julio Jones back this Sunday? I still don't.
1: I still don't. Heck no. Uh, Again, you know, coaching is very important. And if we put this as Urban Meyer versus Mike Frabel, I don't care who's missing for Tennessee. They've got an advantage right there. I think they're taking it pretty easily on Sunday.
0: We're simpatico here, my friend. I like the Titans in a relatively easy 31 to 17 victory over the Jaguars. And the Kansas City Chiefs after a subpar offensive performance on Sunday night, their defense bailed them out against the Broncos. They host their other AFC West rival, Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday afternoon at Arrowhead. Given how the chief's offense looked against the Broncos defense. I think the Raiders defense is better than the Broncos defense. They got Max Crosby and Yannick Gakway coming off the edge and, uh, their tackles are the best in pass protection. As good as their interior offensive line is, those tackles are very, very suspect. I like the Raiders in an upset here because I think they'll be able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes early and often. And Derek Carr that offense, do just enough to eke out a 19-16 to 16 upset victory at Arrowhead.
1: Ooh, I like that. Hey, they beat the Cowboys. I... No reason why they couldn't beat the Chiefs, I think, with this team. And uh, Raiders definitely have the option. But uh, I can't join you on this one, David. No, I think Kansas City's got a slug of this one out. A lot of field goals in this one, but I see it Kansas City 20, Vegas 16.
0: And in a game that looks increasingly important for playing out draft spots, so to speak, the New Orleans Saints traveling to east rutherford to take out the new york jets i wanted to pick the jets but they're just not a team i can really depend on because one week they show promise the next week they are their normal selves and yes this is the saints with taysom hill playing with that mallet finger but the saints should still be able to control this game on the ground and with their defense it's going to be ugly and low scoring but i'll take the saints
1: yeah i mean i was trying to pick the jets i was like well come on they beat houston they came out great against philadelphia on offense but that defense is just dreadful dreadful they need a complete overhaul in the offseason on that defense and sean payton may not have a lot of tools to work with this year but i think he can figure out a way to put up enough points on the jets to win this one so yeah sorry jets i tried to make it work in my head i just couldn't do it i've got new orleans 27 to 17 over the jets
0: the dallas cowboys traveling to landover maryland take on a red hot washington football team who currently finds itself in that sixth overall playoff seed in the nfc a win by washington could make this division completely in play for them I wanted to pick Washington, but after hearing the news this morning that Montez Sweat tested positive for COVID-19, sorry, that is just enough for me to swing it back to the Cowboys because with Chase Young obviously on IR due to that ACL tear and uh, now Montez Sweat on the reserve COVID list and because he's unvaccinated, he's going to be unable to play this weekend. I just don't see how you beat Dak Prescott if you're unable to put pressure on him. There's just no way that could happen. I have the Cowboys eking out a close, hard-fought win,
1: 24-20. Yeah, you know, as much as I'm going to sit here and, and root for Casey Tuhill, um, I don't uh, – you know what? Ugh. I really wanted to give it to Washington, too, because I'm on Team Ty- Taylor Heineke. I'll be rooting for Washington against Dallas, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I'll give it Dallas 27, Washington 24.
0: The final five weeks of Russell Wilson's tenure in Seattle could indeed be upon us, as we alluded to earlier. But this week, they have a borderline gimme as they go down to Houston to take on Davis Mills and the Texans. They are coming off a hard fought win over the 49ers. And I think they have an easy win at Houston on Sunday. I like the Seahawks.
1: I'm with you as well. Um, You know, Houston is everybody's get rate game at this point. Benching Tyra Tyrod Taylor. They're basically telling the players we're done and we're, you know, going full speed for that number one overall pick. So Seattle 30, Houston 10.
0: Oh, absolutely, Hal. And also Tyrod Taylor, it's important to know he did suffer a wrist injury. So that also factors into their decision to bench Tyrod Taylor. But given the way their season's going, I would have benched him even if he was healthy, because you gotta take one small look. At your um, young quarterback, uh, even though he's most likely not the answer, just give him a solicitous hearing and uh, go from there with your offseason planning in Houston. And an NFC South matchup in Charlotte as the Atlanta Falcons take on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Carolina Panthers took the first meeting of the year in an ugly low scoring game in Atlanta. And I think the Panthers are able to eke out a win again. I think that getting rid of Joe Brady is going to make their offense play play better and uh, their defense should be able to do just enough against Matt Ryan again to eke out another hard fought when I like the Panthers.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know how Atlanta has five wins right now. <laughs> I just can't. I think I've picked against them every week. Um, sorry. All right, Atlanta. Uh, uh, yeah. You should probably lose this one, but you've eked out five wins. Let's make it six. I'll give it to Atlanta somehow. 20 to 19 over
0: the panthers the detroit lions fresh off their amazing first win of the 2021 campaign traveled to denver to take on the broncos and you know i'm a broncos fan a big broncos fan and i was obviously very excited to hear about their chances of uh, getting russell wilson today and I, however, have my eyes set on next season because in order for the Broncos to get Russell Wilson, they're going to have to part ways with their current head coaching staff. And that is one of the reasons why I'm rooting for the Broncos to not sneak into the playoffs. And keep in mind, we have to predict games based on what we think will happen, not on what we want to happen. But I honestly think this will happen. I think the Lions beat the Broncos again in dramatic fashion. How? Stay tuned for bold predictions. I like the Lions.
1: Yeah, I I wish I could go with the Lions with you there, David. But I I, I did last week and it paid off. You got the extra pat on the back. But I don't think you can pull me along. Well, you know what? Why not? Why not? I'll say Lions 24, Denver 20. And let's both have a bold prediction about the Lions this week and see which bold prediction comes true.
0: Good one, my man. That is a good one. And I will be at that game, by the way. So just mm-hmm. to let you know, the New York Giants and Mike Glennon traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. The Chargers might not be with Keaton Al this week as he tested positive for COVID. And Mike Williams and Chris Harris are going to have to test negative these next couple days to be able to play as they were close contacts to Keaton Al. But nonetheless, This is a borderline lock. I'm going with the chargers because we saw this with Justin Herbert last year. He just elevates the game of every pass catcher around him. He is that good. We think he's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He absolutely played like it last week. And even without Keaton Allen and maybe without Mike Williams, he's going to play like it again. He's going to get Austin Eckler involved, uh, A.J. Guyton. Uh, He's going to get uh, Donald Parham and Jared Cook, those tight ends over the middle. They should have an easy time against that slow Giants linebacking group. I like the Chargers in an easy 30 to 14 win.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Keenan Allen was there, I might be talking about points in the 40s, but we'll we'll keep it restrained if Allen doesn't play. So, uh, just to be safe, we'll say Chargers in an easy win, 29 to six.
0: The 49ers, after a gut wrenching loss against Seattle traveling to Cincinnati to take on the bangles who were humbled in their home by the chargers last week. I think the bagels bounce back. I really do because the chargers, uh, they're begged up at, at running back and knowing how much the chargers, I mean, the 49ers feast on their own running game. That is not going to be helpful at all. Like, uh, like, Jermichael Hasty's like their only healthy running back right now, and that is a big, big problem going up against that beastly Bagels defensive front. Granted, the 49ers do have a healthy George Kittle and a good offensive line, but do they have a running back healthy enough to capitalize with them this week? I do not think so, and I think Joe Burrow is going to be – it looks like he's going to get Riley Reef and Trey Hopkins back, who he missed last week. Uh, he should have much better protection this week. He'll be able to uh, play through that uh, peaky dislocation – and uh, hit Jamar Chase and his weapons for their fair share of big plays against a below-average 49 ers secondary. I like the Bengals.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you as well. I think it's a it's going to be a great bounce back week. Uh, we saw Title Boyd and T. Higgins step up as well as part of that almost comeback. I mean, I credit the Bengals for coming back and making that a game heading into the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, until that Joe Mixon fumble, I thought the Bengals were going to turn that around and take that game. So I thought that was, you know, one of those character building losses. They lost the game, but they grew a little as a young team. So I definitely feel like this is a week, a great bounce back week for Cincinnati, and I see them. Beating
0: the 49ers 27 to 17. I'll be the game of the day on Sunday. The Buffalo Bills, after a gut-wrenching loss at home to the Patriots, travel to Tampa to take on Tom Brady and the Bucks. I expect an entirely different Bills team this Sunday. I really do. I think they're going to keep it close throughout. I think Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in that passing game are going to be able to hit their fair share of passes, but it's against the GOAT. It's Tom Brady. And uh, I just can't see uh, Tom Brady allowing his Bucks to uh, falter uh, this late of the season at home, especially. I just don't see it happening. I think uh, the Bucks' offensive line is going to be able to neutralize that Buffalo pass rush, and that's going to give Brady all day to fight his receivers against a Bills secondary that's going to sorely miss Tredavious White in this game. I like the Bucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Th- Tampa Bay's playing for that number one seed. They're breathing down the back of Arizona, trying to stay ahead of Green Bay and Dallas for that bye week. You know Tom Brady wants that bye week bad. He he doesn't like playing in that first round of the playoffs like he had to last year. So he's motivated. Let's face it, Brady, Buffalo, it's personal. He loves to beat on Buffalo, and especially after the way Buffalo Just went through such a physical, physical game in horrible weather conditions. And now on a short week, it's going to be almost impossible for them. Brady, it's a different offense with a healthy Rob Gronkowski. It's probably the best offense in the league when Gronkowski's healthy. And it's still, you know, top five without him. But um, it's just a whole different game. I see the Bucs taking it 34 to 20 over the Bills.
0: And on Sunday night, even though I should be excited about this game, I'm not. Yes, it's great to see that Justin Fields is going to be back in this game, but the Bears at the Packers – In the final five weeks of the Matt Nagy era, please end this era now. I can't wait for it to be over. I can't wait for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, for that matter, to be gone from Chicago and the Bears to get the right front office and the right coaching staff to fully capitalize on the immense, and I mean immense promise of Justin Fields. But I do not see Matt Nagy beating Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur during their last stats at Lambo is just not going to happen. I think the Packers have a pretty easy win 27 to 14.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, obviously, I want to see Justin Fields in a prime time game light it up, but against that Packers defense, it isn't gonna happen. No way, no how. You know, is Kenny Clark still out there? Yeah, not a chance. Sorry. Um, so I'm going with Green Bay in this one as well. Easy win. Uh, Everybody can go to sleep at halftime. Final will be 34 to 10, Green Bay over the Bears.
0: And now it's time for our bowl predictions for week 14. And both of our bowl predictions this week center on the Detroit Lions in a game that I will attend in person. Here is my bowl prediction. The Lions win 20 to 17 with another touchdown. At the final gun, but who catches it? Former Bronco Khalif Raymond catches the touchdown from 25 yards out at the gun. That is my bold prediction.
1: Oh, I like it. I like it. Mighty Lions, time to roar. Look, the Lions are not a terrible team. Four losses by three points or less, plus a tie. I mean, that's basically five wins right there that were left on the table this is not a bad team so they've got some confidence behind them how are they going to beat denver in denver it's gonna be the running game oh deandre swift injured no problem they didn't want him in green bay jamal williams time to shine just like the eagles gashed denver on the ground what did they run up over 200 yards Let's give Jamal 200 plus yards and all three touchdowns to lead the lions to the 24 to 20 win.
0: That is a bold prediction. And I like it, my friend. And last but not least our challenge flags. You go first here.
1: All right. Well, mine's going to big Ben Roethlisberger. If this is your last season, big Ben, now is the time channel your inner John bond, J O V go out, with a blaze of glory, 6-5-1, and one. the schedule's not easy. Minnesota, Tennessee, at Kansas City, Cleveland, at Baltimore. But show these young guns how it's done, Big Ben. You need to win four out of these five. Start with it this week right now. Elevate it. Leave nothing in the tank. Get this Steelers team to the playoffs.
0: My challenge flag goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs you have to be willing to play December football on offense do not depend on Patrick Mahomes to throw for 300 yards all the time if you can't do it against a very very young Broncos defense it's going to be very hard to depend on that against even better defenses that you're going to face down the stretch but you have this underrated weapon named Clyde Edwards O'Leary and a very special interior offensive line and run blocking offensive line in total be willing to play December football, pound that rock on offense. Take the more pressure off Patrick Mahomes. Let your defense keep doing what it's doing and compliment it well with Clyde Edwards-Aliere and that running game. That is how you are going to position yourself very well for a deep playoff run, Kansas City Chiefs. And he is Hal Bent, ladies and gentlemen of BostonSportPage.com and full press coverage. You can follow him on Twitter at Hal Bent one Hal, thank you so much once again for joining us. And that's it for today here on Sports crunch But we'll be back same time next week to recap week 14, preview week 15, and discuss all the latest news and notes from around the National Football League. So stay tuned. You can also follow me on Twitter at DCrom59 and on Instagram at SportsCrunch with SportsCrunchWithDCrom. And remember, that's Crutch with a K. Also, be sure to check out the new and improved sportscrutch.com. For hell bet, this is David Cromwell saying so long, stay awesome, and enjoy another fun weekend of football, cats and kittens. Stay cool.